Snicker Bars Superstar, your host, Jay Del Negro, and you are listening to the By Chance Podcast, where in short, this show is about your stories as told by your voices. And this week's episode is no different. Well, what is a little different is how hard this story might hit. It might hit you a little bit as it's being told. But before we get too far into that, let me get this out of the way first. Well, it appears you all were missing the kid because my last episode is doing gangbusters and that caught me completely by surprise. Um, I don't get a ton of traction. Last week episode, I got a ton of traction. Don't know why Russian Federation is blowing it up. It's got some plays in Thailand. Parts of the U.S. are jumping. It's really happening. So whatever it was, hopefully I can replicate it. And I want to say thank you. I'd also like to say thank you in advance to every single one of you that is rating, subscribing, and my new old term, telling a friend to tell a friend and telling a friend again, like, it's a big deal to me and I'm kind of cool. So continue to share, rate, comment, listen, and hopefully enjoy the show. So real quick story before I get into the story of the show. I spend a lot of time and money in Target. It's one of my happy places. They just have what I need. Although I do have to add that there are some adjustments going on in some of the stores and the layout's a little bit weird, but whatever, no big deal. Anyways, I'm in Target and I'm returning a TV because that shit didn't work and the warranty didn't cover the issue. After I return it, though, I look over and uh, in the aisle, I see a guy I've known for like most of my life, but we haven't crossed paths in real life in like eight or nine years or something like that. So I run over, speak, give my respect to this grown man. And he tells me he tells me that he just got done listening to the show, maybe 20 minutes before I run into him at the Target. And like straight up, I was humbled as hell. But at the same time, I was gloating on the inside. Someone I knew was checking for the show. And that's the second time at that particular target that someone who listens to the show announced to me that they listen to the show. So if ever I do a fan meetup and I'm not calling these people fans, but if ever I do a fan meetup, it's going to be at the Glen Burnie North Target. Now, uh, on with the show. This episode features Regina Gina G. And I'm going to say that again. Regina Gina G. One person, three names, one troubling story. Now, I'm not a counselor and I'm not playing a professional. I'm a guy with a SoundCloud account, some free audio software and a blue snowball microphone. This show isn't a mental health service, and I would never advocate that it should be. I will only say that if this helps, use it. Use any resource you can to get help, get away, and begin to get better. Everybody, Regina, Gina, G. 
Yo, there's yeah. a lot you got to learn about Regina Gina G. Like, this brain, yo, is vivid. Hence why I'm trying not to be violent anymore in my life. I'm trying to command my life so I can be, like, peacefully, blissfully, fuck that shit. Because um, if I tap into the darkness, yo, it gets, it gets dark. Um, it can get super dark. Um, like I went through a spell where it went so dark, like I was taking like psychological tests at home. Like, you know, I'm not crazy, and they and, and the results were you not crazy, you just crazy adjacent. You know, like you might need to talk to somebody. <laughs> like you, you might if you keep going down this path legitimately start kidnapping people. But I would be the first black female serial killer. So, I mean. You said you were testing yourself? Like, what is what is that? Test so, at home? Yeah, what, what's that? Yeah, there's, a, there's an app for anything. And then if you Google stuff long enough, you can find, like, just personality tests or psychological tests or, you know. What, what mental issue am I dealing with? So those type of tests, like, literally, if you type into Google, am I crazy, they'll go, hey, here's a test to see if you're crazy. And that's legitimately how I started, because I don't want to be crazy. However, some of the things that I've read about mental health disorders and, you know, just, like, diseases and stuff, yeah, like, if you really sit down and, and dissect and be honest with yourself, take yourself into absolute value, some of those triggers and things, like, I was like, hmm, yes, I do want to murder people sometimes, especially when I get extremely upset. Hmm, I should deal with this. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that we all are just undiagnosed one way or another? Absolutely. I mean... Because we all have a little bit of something. Is is if you give a shit to do something about it, right? Like, and because of my life, I give a shit to do something about it. Like, um, when I really, really, like, I guess started to like appreciate the being that is me, um, was around senior year, and I studied the, studied the mental health topic for debate, and I was just like, oh, shit, like, this shit is pretty dope, and it's shining some light on some holes in my life that I didn't quite understand, and so ever since then, I was just kind of like, yeah, everybody got a little something. It doesn't fully make you crazy, but it definitely is something to deal with if it's some rough shit, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I am with it, and look, I ain't saying everybody got to figure their shit out. It would be nice. I am saying that, like, if you can um, talk to somebody for free, which everybody who has health care can for, like, three sessions, go talk to somebody because your homegirl ain't got the answers. What troubles you? Um, shit, I'm troubled by abuse and, like, the, the remnants that abuse leaves behind. Um, and I think that's a real thing that, unfortunately, a lot of young black women from inner cities got to deal with. We just don't realize that we're being abused in a lot of different ways. Um, so that's Regina's story, like, most definitely. Um, I'm trying to figure and navigate my space beyond that shit. Um, and that's the beginning of it. And I'm talking about all forms of abuse. I've kind of touched a little bit. So it's just like, oh, goddamn, how much can a, a being take before it's like, yo, I break? 
And then when it breaks, how does it break? I'm trying not to break. Part of me wonders if saying that I've touched all kinds of abuse, is it possible that things are being conflated? Or, or is it that you legitimately have experienced things, some trauma throughout your life, and when looking back on it, you can recognize it? So that is a very interesting question that I had to resolve in myself before I could even, like, fully handle this journey. Because normal is normal to you until you realize it's not normal, right? Okay. So, so shit was my normal. Like, it was just my normal. Like, to, to experience some of the things that I experienced, it was normal. It wasn't until, like, legit I started to travel. Um, and I started to, like, spend time with the extended family that I was already, like, ripped away from till I realized, oh, oh, so that's not normal? That's not the, so, so you, like, flying off the handle and, like, shit being crazy there after this accident mistake or, or, or moment, the chaos that comes there after is not how everybody reacts. Something ain't right here. Is it me? Is it y'all? Something ain't right. And so I think any person who really wants to heal from any form of trauma asks themselves, was it me? Like, did I put myself in that position? Did I, did I deserve it? Did I ask for it? Like, all those types of shit, am I making it bigger than what it seems? Like, every victim who's gone through something asks themselves those series of questions, and I, I guess that makes it so hard to deal with shit like that on a level that you can't, like, physically touch. Like, when you get burnt by a stove, you like, damn, don't touch the stove when you see them fucking flames. That makes sense. But, like, when you get burnt by people, you don't know how. You don't know when that stove's on again. It's just not that simple. So, like, no, I legitly embrace questions when people are like, are you tripping? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. And then I share stories, and then it's like, oh, no, you might not be tripping, dog. And, and for me, because I'm so okay with it for the most part, um, I end up sharing crazy stories through laughter. And people are looking at me like, yo, you're you're laughing, crying. And I'm like, because I'm looking back on it, and I'm remembering what it felt like, and I'm remembering what I went through. But I'm ultimately laughing at, after all the shit would go down, I would call my best friend and be like, yo, so this will happen. What could I have done better? Like, that is so funny to me now, because it's like nothing. <laughs> did you dodge the punches? Uh, did you, did you, did you call for help? Uh, then you did what you could, bitch. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's one of those. So now that's a legit question. By dodging punches and causing the police, there, there's a perpetrator. Is there any, like, resolve with the person or persons? Like, is this something that you are currently, like, confronted with? Not directly the abuse, but the perpetrators. It's interesting, right? Because not until a couple of months ago did I really realize who the real perpetrator was. Um, not until, I guess, the story that we're about to talk about did I really realize who was the bad guy in the situation. And so uh, sometimes a resolute is just no. 
sometimes a resolute is just I can't anymore. Um, and I love you, but I got to love you from afar, and I can only love you through me. Like, and that's it. And um, I think in my healing process, that has been the toughest pill to swallow. Because any, and when I, like, because I don't tell everybody every little blow about it, but when I do talk about, because I'm very open about the fact that I've been through some shit, and, like, I will share the shit that I've been through, but, like, everything else is somebody else's business, so I can't tell you, right? However, when I share it, people always look, why you just leave that nigga? And I'm like, mm, certain niggas you can't leave. Certain niggas you see when you look in the fucking mirror, then how do you leave that nigga? I turn the question back to you. So, um, yeah, and realizing fully who the perpetrator was, and and this is not the first time I've been at that space of being like, no, it's this person right here. But, like, who the person is, it's like, damn, yo, you really going, like, turn your back on your mama, though? experience with yourself, the hands of your mom. And when you look in the mirror, you see your mother. Is that, is that correct? That's exactly it. Hold on. Let me make it even better, right? Let me make this whole mom thing even worse for you, right? My brothers tell me I look just like her. I'm her firstborn child. And, like, through some of the psychosis that we went through, she tells me all the time, I was the only child she ever wanted. And that's a whole nother conversation, how she would shout that in front of all three of us and how that puts us against each other, right? My brother's homeboys be like, yo, you look just like your mama. How you doing? Ew, is it me or my mother that you want? Because that's kind of gross. Um, my girlfriends, like, tell me I look like her. I act like her. I sound like her when I wake up in the morning. I am my mother, so I can't be my mom. That's why I got to figure out what my psychosis is. The first time I turned my back and was like, nah, yo, you you fucking crazy, um, is when I went to college. I shouldn't have came home, but I did. Like, and then after that, like, I just, I called them my stutter steps, right? You know how when you like, and then you fall, and you like, why did I just execute the step? It's like that. I stutter stepped my whole adult life until now with her. Because I couldn't turn my back on her. But we both adults now, and she making some active-ass choices. So, all right, bitch, there are consequences to your choices, one of which is me being gone. Sorry. So that was the biggest step in self-healing or or getting us some, some resolution is you stepping away from your mother. Absolutely. And it wasn't easy. Like, it legitly was like a year process to like really, maybe a year and a half process to be able to walk away from my mom. You grew up with your mother? Yeah, it was just us. So um, it was just me and my mom and my, my brother, who's my middle brother right now, um, for a long time. And then, you know, there was remnants that my father had a child before me. So it was, but that child wasn't around. And, you know, you hear all of the horrible hood stories. Um, and, you know, now in my adult life, I'm like, but my, you was bitch number two, though. So I don't know, fam. Something ain't <laughs> up now that I understand how this works a little more. 
Uh, and then 11 years, my dad died when we was, when I was six, my brother was like three, four. Um, and then when I turned 11, she had my youngest brother who I feel like I'm a mom to. Cause she told me the moment she was pregnant, she, the moment she found out she was pregnant, it literally must have went, she pissed on the stick and she realized she had to poop. She was like, hey, before I poop, let me go wake my daughter up, my 11 year old daughter. She woke me up. Actually, I was 10 at the time. She woke me up and was like, hey, come with me. Where? To the bathroom. For what? Like, for what? I go to the bathroom and she literally proceeds to make me sit in front of her while she takes a shit and tells me she's pregnant. And then goes, but I'm not having this damn baby. And I look at her and I go, not realizing the atmosphere, all of that, right? Like, I immediately hear the problem in my childness, right, at 10. And I go... Okay, mom, don't get rid of the baby. How about you have the baby since it's already here and I'll raise it. I'll take care of it. I'll quit school if need be. Like, if you don't want to pay the money for us to, like, live and stuff, like, I got the baby. Just don't kill it. And that's how I got my little brother. Was that ever shared with your little brother, that story? Well, my mom told him at first. And she told him when I wasn't around. And he was too young to even process the shit. I was away. Like, I was, like, in college. So he, we're 11 years apart. So he had to be, like, eight or nine when she gave him this info. I'm home one day, and he just got this. Because, again, he's like my child legitimately. So I can feel him. He ain't even got to tell me certain stuff. I can just look him in the face and be like, all right, little nigga, what's wrong? (laughs) Like, nothing okay, you're going to lie to me until I badger it out of you. Let's just stop all the theatrics and tell me what's wrong. So when he finally reveals that, you know, mommy says she didn't want me, and I said, but it's not like you weren't wanted. And he was like, yeah, but by who? And I said, by me. Ouch, don't hurt my feelings like that. Like, you were supposed to be here because you are here, and I wanted you here. So I did everything I could to make sure you was good while here. At eight or nine, I did not know how much he was going to test that <laughs> going forward, but still stood up and was, I was mom, I was big mom sis. You've had trauma in your life uh, growing up and the perpetrator was your mother. When you look in the mirror, you see your mother, you know, your behavior is a bit like your mom. You, you physically look like your mom. And um, you had to get away from that. So does that does that mean you also have to get away from yourself? Um, yeah, parts of myself that isn't a hundred percent germane to me. Um, <clears throat> you got to start asking yourself, like, why are you doing this, right? Like, um. For for immediate example, one of the things that I've stopped doing, um, <laughs> actually it's two. One's kind of funny. So the first thing I stopped doing immediately was I stopped punching people when I find something extremely funny because my mom does that, right? And, like, it's not really here nor there, but it's, again, I did it to my brother's homeboy. And he was like, yo, you remind me just of tea. And I looked at him and was like, yo, I really want to hurt you now. I got to walk away from that. So, like, you know, just small little things like that. But then bigger things, like um, in 20, 
the first half of 2018, me and my brother, my youngest brother, was uh, living together. So, you know, I was trying to directly play that mom role a little bit more in his life. But I was doing some of the things that my mother would do to us when we was younger. Like, I would have a bad day. And so I would be upset with said bad day. So I would take it out on him. Like, you ain't clean up like I fucking told you to. Why the fuck you big ass in the bed? And it's like, oh, no, Regina, that's black mamas. No, yo, it's not. Like, that's not the way that I did it. Like, kicking on a nigga door, busting in the door, fussing and cussing. No, that's not, that's not normal. Fuck normal. That's not okay. I know how I felt every day waking up, like, the alarm, the, I know we had to be up at 6, so I'm up at 5.45 watching the clock because I don't want her to yell at us. And, like, at a certain point, me and my middle brother shared a room. So, like, I'm watching the clock, and I don't really have a time. I just know based off of what's on TV what time it is. And so the last credits, I'm like, yo, yo, we got to get up. We got to get up. Again, that's crazy. <laughs> that's not okay. Every child should have an issue with getting up in the morning, and parents know this. So why attack them in the morning? I mean, why attack your child ever, not just in the morning? I, I don't know, and I don't understand. But there's more to this story. So next week's episode will include more from Regina Gina G. But before I go, right, I'd also like to add that I didn't quite finish the design for this week's shirt prior to uploading the show because one man just can't do it all in a timely manner sometimes. But I'm still one man and I'm still doing it. So be on the lookout for that just like you're going to be on the lookout for next week's episode. One last thing before I go. In life, the only safe thing you can do is take a chance. See you all next time. Mm-hmm.